0: Welcome to EQ Minds Recharge Your Mental Health Podcast. I'm Chelsea Pottinger, the host of this show. And today it's with great excitement, we bring you Grow Your Mind. So today I'm talking to co-founder Alice Peel. And when I uncovered Grow Your Mind, it was actually my daughter, Clara. She came home last year, four years old, came home from childcare. And she said to me, hey, mummy, do you know that I've got a guard dog inside of my brain? And if it gets big and bossy, I get really cranky and sad. It's called an amygdala. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, darling, you tell me more about this. And she said, well, how I make it nice and calm and relaxed is how you teach me through my breathing. And then she proceeds to do. (sighs) And I said to her, how long does your breathing have to go for to calm down this guard dog of yours? And she said, well, for how long the glitter goes for in the jar at school? And my mind was blown. The very next day, I walked into Clara's childcare and lo and behold, there was Grow Your Mind and all of its incredible resources. So it is a real pleasure to have Alice Peel today on our podcast, and I hope you take away some really brilliant tools. This podcast today is proudly brought to you by Kissed Earth. They believe beauty begins within. Simply head to kissedearth.com to look at the incredible range of products that will nourish you from the inside out.
1: What an incredible introduction and it's so delightful to be here and honestly it makes my heart sing hearing that story. I love hearing stories like that. That's awesome. Thank you.
0: So a lot of our audience are parents and I thought hmm, who better to ask for some homeschooling tips than Alice Peel. So let's dive right in there We're all navigating this new normal in different ways. We're finding ourselves running homeschools, also running the home office, with little physical contact to the outside world. So parents don't end up losing it. Can you please give us some tips for homeschooling while we're in isolation?
1: Yeah, look, I think think really the biggest thing is that kids are going to remember how they feel a lot more than what they learn during this time you know if you think about it um, so I would always favor lowering your expectations and wherever possible just choosing connection and because if you think whether you're a parent or a grandparent or a teacher or a trusted adult you've got this kind of amazing capacity to bring comfort um, to the children that are in your life so I think kids kind of want the same things that we do they want Lots of time, they want love, they want play, they want sleep, they want exercise, good food, a routine. Um, because, you know, what we know, um, you know, you made reference to the guard dog, the amygdala. So we have these animals that represent key parts of the brain. And the guard dog, um, we always have this analogy of the guard dog that, you know, if you think about walking past someone's house, and a dog can go completely kind of nuts barking at you and you're just walking past the house it's got it's it's got it wrong but it's trying to protect and that's kind of the analogy we give to kids but to adults as well that our guard dog is great at keeping us safe but can overreact and so with our brains we really we know that stressed brains don't learn well and so i would really be prioritized prioritizing really creating calm and safety and predictability in your home and I think the other big thing is um you know permission to be human you know that means that as parents we give ourselves complete permission to get this wrong to be a bit imperfect and and I read something the other day and it really resonated because you know when you think about it working parenting and teaching they're they're three different jobs And it's quite hard to do them at the same time. In fact, you'd say impossible, but I think there are some playful ways you can do it. Um, So really embrace a bit of imperfection and getting it wrong and, and, and being okay with that. And then I think wherever possible, don't undervalue play. Play lets off a lot of steam. And I think for children, they often process changes and stress around them through play. So I think it's really important and crucial that we keep doing that at home. And I don't know if you've heard of There's Dr. Stuart Brown, he's the founder of the National Institute of Play and I love him and I love his books and it's all about adults really embracing play as well and what play looks like for adults. And he's got this great quote that we have up in our house and it says, you know, the opposite of play is not work, the opposite of play is depression. And I just think, you know, the play is just, it's sort of transformational for a mood and lots of open-ended questions when you're playing. It doesn't have to be really structured. Um, and I think, yeah, that I mean, it just really, I mean, this is a, it's a bit of an opportunity to connect Um and I think that if we can keep all the you know the animals in our brain which we have you know we've got the wise owl and the sifting sooty and and the um elephant and they all represent key parts of the brain if we keep them all chilled out and relaxing um then everyone's going to come out of this in a in a better way in a more positive way
0: I love that and how, what are some ideas to keep those animals nice and relaxed like how how can we teach our children to keep their guard dogs nice and calm?
1: Well, do you know, I think it's a big part of it is, um, is taking care. So we talk about the fact that we all have mental health. So even when, you know, I love the thought of little Clara being in, in preschool and learning about her guard dog, because the thing, the core thing that we teach kids is every day you brush your teeth, that's just a habit. And kids know it from such a young young age that they do that. They may choose not to do it, but they know to do it because it protects and strengthens their teeth. And then what are the everyday habits you can create that protect and strengthen your mental health? So I think a big thing is just going, we've all got mental health. So, you know, we, we teach in, in schools with tiny little kids that are running around and telling me, I just did this for my mental health. They're playing with a friend or, or whatever they might be doing. But at home, in terms of looking after your mental health, it can be so many things, you know, finding joy. I'm a big fan of chasing joy and awe and you know that might be connecting um to nature so you know going outside and touching a tree going outside and and um running around and touching the grass and being in the moment and i think also just you know at home if you're actually inside and not going outside at all it's making a really fun playlist that everyone's dancing to and you're letting off your all those positive neurotransmitters like your serotonin and your oxytocin and um, you know, your feel-good kind of neurotransmitters that are making you feel good. And I think, you know, what we know about the brain and the reason why we have those animals to represent it is what we really, the big part of it is is just making sure that all the parts of the brain can talk to each other. So the problem with the guard dog running the show is that, you know, then your wise owl, which is your prefrontal cortex, it just, it can't communicate with your elephant, which is your hippocampus. So it's really hard to remember things um, and to stay focused if you're trying to complete a task. And, and it's really hard, you know, then we've got this analogy of the sifting sooty and the sifting sooty represents the, the RAS, the reticular activating system, which is, you know, your focus area. And, and it's, it's very tricky for all these animals to communicate if your guard dog's big. So just doing some mindful breathing and being in the moment is a really quick, fast way to get the animals back chatting to each other you know, writing down a list of your kids at the start of the day of the things they love that they can do at the moment, like really shifting the focus to what can you do is another way to keep all the animals chatting. Moving your body, getting your endorphins keeps everyone chatting, keeping the guard dog nice and small so everyone can have a conversation. Um, I mean, it's there's so, many, there's so many wonderful ways that we can take care of our mental health um, every day that don't have to be these big, huge things it can be you know what was three great things from today there's your gratitude practice and we know that gratitude just is the most incredible superpower for our mental health Um, and like I mentioned before joy what I love about joy is with joy you're really savoring and when you're savoring you're in the moment and you know you can even be thinking about things that you can't do right now but if you think about them in a positive way that can bring about joy and some of those health benefits that keep all the animals chatting again. So it's kind of, kind of incredible, actually. There's a wonderful, um, book at the moment. Uh, I don't know if you've heard about it, but it's called Phosphorescence and it's, uh, Dr. Julia Baird's written it and it's all about capturing joy and awe. And it's these micro moments, you know, patting your dog or patting a cat or. You know, eating a delicious bit of food, these things we can still do right now. And these things, if we're teaching kids from such a young age, that these things keep their animals all chatting, they become daily habits.
0: That is really cool, Alice. And I do love the joy and chasing or finding things of it all. And it links also into gratitude. And I think about what are some unique ways to practice gratitude in the family life that you might be able to contribute here as well, simple things that could be done with the children like a gratitude journal or where you actually write Clara a love letter every year on her birthday. You could do gratitude grace at the dinner table or have a gratitude chalkboard in your kitchen. Some creative person that I know, and she's a beautiful friend, created gratitude glasses for her kids. So whenever they put them on their daughter, they have to stop and pause and say what they're grateful for. You could create a gratitude month where you capture a photo each day of what you're grateful for and even little things like expressing gratitude on our social media. So do you have any ideas around those kinds of
1: things? Totally. And, you know, it can be, it can be so simple. It can be what was your happy moment today because that's getting you to kind of take stock and, and start kind of, you know, looking around for the happy moment throughout the day too. And also we, have this, we actually have this cool thing that we do with kids of all ages um, where, you know, everyone, generally speaking, has two hands and so we get them to look at their hands and on one hand we get them to memorise five core things that they're thankful for, the sort of unshakable things, whether it might be at the moment, you know, their family, their animals, their health, their safe home, um, maybe it's their morning run or their delicious food in their fridge, but they've got five core things that are always there to remind them and give them a bit of perspective and your hand's always there. So you can look up at your hand they can trace their hand and they can draw those things that represent the core things that they're thankful for. And it's lovely because the hand's always there. And then on the other hand, um, is a really simple mindfulness technique of called, uh, finger breathing, where basically you go around each finger starting from your thumb and you breathe in as you trace your thumb and then you breathe out as you come down the other side of your thumb and then you breathe in as you go up your finger and so on till you get all the way to the end of your five fingers. And so then what you're telling kids is everything that they, that they need is on them. In terms of being resilient, they can emotionally regulate by doing their finger breathing and they can also look when they're struggling and they might feel hard done by or something hasn't worked out the way they wanted to, They can look at their other hand and go, but I've still got my five core things to feel thankful for. And that's my superpower. And that's my superpower I can use at any time. And it's what I love about it is we have kids of all ages, you know, older kids when they're nervous about taking an exam, for instance, or speaking in public, they look at their hand and they do their finger breathing. They can do it really quietly. No one knows they're necessarily doing it. And um, younger kids as well tell me about practicing their finger breathing when you know they got in trouble or they had a disagreement with a friend or they, they were they're told they couldn't go to a certain shop because it's closed in the moment we're getting all these great things about kids doing their finger breathing and remembering that no matter what's going on we could all look for the things that we're thankful for
0: I love that that is absolutely awesome having your two hands having your great gratitude on one hand and the finger I just did the finger breathing while you're talking there and that's just
1: that's so fast <laughs> It's beautiful. I'm very glad. I'm very glad.
0: So what about meditation? When can kids start to learn how to meditate? I started teaching Clara when she was four years old and still her attention span then was just hilarious. And I remember she came home from childcare one day and the the teachers had sent me a couple of photos and Clara was trying to teach the other students or the other kids in the class how to meditate. And so the photo is of Clara sitting there with her arms up in the air, little sort of curled up into two little fists. Her eyes are closed. And apparently she's chanting, um, I dream of chocolate eggs. And that is how she explains to kids how to actually meditate, which I thought was so cute. So, When's a good age to start?
1: <laughs> oh, I love it. I really want to meet Clara. She sounds awesome. Um, it's a great question, actually. I think it depends on the type of meditation you want to do. But if you think about it, I always think, take again, lowering expectations with little kids. Um, meditate on food before you eat it. You know, they love this. They smell it they look at it they tell me about the colors they tell me if it has a texture they hold it up to their ear I'm always very clear to say with very little kids, don't put it in your ear just hold it next to your ear does it have a sound when you squelch it Um, put it up to your nose and smell it again close your eyes so you cut off that sense of sight pop it in your mouth does it have a taste if you don't chew it and, you know, it's, it's really fun. And what you're actually doing is meditating on the gift of food, the fact that we've got delicious food and not just devouring it straight away. And then there's so many, I mean, that's one example of a form of meditation with little kids. But I always love with, with really little kids is, is belly breathing and getting them to put a teddy on their belly or something soft and just noticing how it rises and falls as they breathe. Um, my three-year-old son actually really loves the, the analogy of smelling a flower because it's a great way to, way to kind of teach the breathing through the nose and then blowing out candles on a cake. Um, and so that we're really finding that just lately he's sort of three and a half that lately he's, he's sort of really started talking about his guard dog and his wise owl, and, you know, talking about the fact that his wise owl is is gone, it's disappeared, I'm sorry, but you're not going to get anything from me right now. It's just my guard dog. Um, And my older kids, they're nine and and seven, and they certainly listen to Smiling Mind and love it. But my daughter, more than anything, really loves just putting on music that she loves and lying down, um, which is also a form of meditating because you are... You're lying, you're being still, you're letting your thoughts come in and out, um, the music is a way to really relax you. So I don't think it has to be listen to this, do this. I think it's about finding the, the things for your kids that, that, that actually resonate with them, that relax them, that they don't kind of have a reverse effect of going, I hate it, it's boring, I don't want to do it. Just trying to bring lightness and fun and, and that's really for us, that's why we came up with these animals um, was because we felt like it gave a bit of purpose to meditation. So I was teaching in schools and loving it um, but always slightly obsessed with wellbeing and really noticing that the kids that were doing well, not just academically but socially, were the kids that could emotionally regulate and the kids that could, you know, give meditation a bit of a go. But for other kids I was also seeing that they just didn't see the purpose and when we, when I kind of came up with this idea of animals and keeping everyone chatting and that meditation was a way to keep everyone chatting, they really kind of had their buy-in then of, oh, okay, this sounds kind of cool. If I want to get really focused and better at basketball or better at writing stories or whatever it might be, better at making decisions and, and using my wise owl, then meditation's one way of doing that. Um, and I think that's why, you know, for Growing Mind, we're not just meditation. We love meditation, but we're all about just providing loads of invitations for ways that you can have good mental health and practice good mental health and, and keep everyone, you know, chatting in your brain. So I think there's lots of things on offer. We're so lucky at the moment, the time that we're living in that there's all these meditation apps and and ways that you can kind of introduce and then try again a bit later and that's the other thing i would say actually to parents is to persevere a bit sometimes i hear parents talk about the fact that they tried it and their kid really resisted and didn't like it and then i would just i would just say well you know try again it's a bit like food give it another crack in 3 months time and see if your taste buds are kind of adapted to it
0: <laughs> i love that give it a crack that is so aussie saying that so that's why I love Grow Your Mind. You know, you guys have got a buffet of different tools to equip our children. And I want to just segue over to there's a, there's a lot of us working parents. How can we have any tips around how we can have some kind of harmony right now in our household?
1: Yeah, I know, and I think this is what we were, uh, what I was sort of laughing about before is, um, is finding that balance at the moment can be really interesting and i just think every family is very different and my my biggest sort of advice would be and again it's an invitation is to involve your kids in the routine you know so the night before coming up with the plan or the morning of about what your day is going to look like i think kids actually love a schedule they love a routine and it can be flexible so things can change um, you know, I'm really lucky that I have a, a really delightful husband who's also working full time and we tag team. So we tag team at lunch, but we all have brekkie together and we all have lunch together and we all have dinner together, which is really special about this time of being in lockdown um, but the kids know what their day is going to look like, but they've actually had a lot of choice in it. So right now, um, because where we live, uh, the the children are all on holidays, but when they were doing their schoolwork, they really came up with a list um, the night before and it involved what we call the nuts and bolts. So things that they just need to keep practicing and working on, but it also involved passion projects. So you know, this is a bit of an opportunity for everybody. And I'm as guilty as anyone of overscheduling my children because they're into so many things. They love drama and art and sport. And, and so our days were really jam packed, but often they would say, Oh, I wish I had more time to do such and such. And so now that's what they're doing. They're doing their passion projects. And so my daughter's drawing a heap more and, um, my, my middle son is playing the guitar and taking up woodwork and my youngest three-year-old is being himself. He's being hilarious, but he's in the garden a lot more and they're, they're kind of passion projects that they're all jumping into. So I think, you know, in terms of parents um, creating a routine, it's just really clear expectations with each other. You know, the, the times that things fall apart with Andy and I is when we just haven't communicated about what we hoped the day would be um with what we've got planned and I think you know if I always love this that there's a few um plain analogies that I always love you know if you think about being on a flight and if there's a bit of turbulence um you know what do you do you look you look ahead and see the flight attendant and if their faces are panicked then you panic but if their faces are really calm then you go okay it's gonna be all right it's just a bit of turbulence Um, But to have that calm face, then you also need to be filling your cup, you know, making sure that parents are looking after their own mental health and their own well-being so that they can be a benefit to children. And, you know, we always give that other analogy of a plane. If that turbulence turns into something more, what are you told to do? You're told to put on your oxygen mask first before you put on the oxygen mask of smaller children around you. So, again, you can be a benefit. So I just think with a routine in, term, in the day, making sure as a parent that you are putting in time for you and time where you're moving your body and looking after the things that, that fill your cup so that you can really be there for the kids and the people around you.
0: Yeah, that's incredible. And as parents, we have to take care of our mental health and wellbeing. And sometimes people will say to me, Chelsea, I just don't have time. I, I'm like last on that priority list in when it comes to my family. And I say to them, you have to put yourself as number one. Self-care must become a discipline in your life. And if you can't intrinsically motivate yourself to do it for you, think about one person that that you love the most in this world. And for me, it is my daughter, Clara, and my husband, Jay. And they do not deserve a burnt out, stressed, anxious, mentally unwell mummy and wife. So every day when I schedule in meditation or I move my body, I have time for play with Clara, I eat good food, I make sure I honour my sleep, I think about them all the time and that's what drives my motivation.
1: Totally, and I think this is why, you know, at Grow Mind we do, um, like we don't just do wellbeing for kids, we do teacher wellbeing and um, that's such an important part of the puzzle. You know, kids, you know teachers want their, their students to be really calm and focused and kind. And so then you kind of need to be calm and focused and kind. And then the same works for parents that and I love the, the idea of your day with the, the ways you break it up with beautiful brain breaks and, and moving your body, because that's the key. That's the key to then being a calm and present parent. And, you know, just asking yourself, um, how am I going to show up today and how am I going to show up at the end of the day? You know, because there's so much that we can't control. And that's great to acknowledge that. And I think that you can't kind of selectively numb your feelings around that. So you can't go straight to joy and straight to happiness if you're not naming how you're feeling. It's really important. But then I always think about, um, you know, creating a circle. And on the outside, is all the things that you can't control. You know, you can't control how long this is going to last um, and, you there's there's lots of things you can't control at the moment, but then like let's shift the focus and, and do a big circle and inside that circle, what are the things that I can control? I can control how I respond to my kids. It may not feel like it, but we have a developed prefrontal cortex and we can control it. We can do a lot of repair after. Again, permission to be, you know, human. We're going to lose it at times, um, but you can control how you repair and then you can control the fact that you move your body every day that you eat food that nourishes you, that nurtures you, um, you know, that you call friends that, that fill your cup. Again, not the friends that panic you but the friends that lift you at the moment and you can control, you know, your news intake and where you're getting it from. So really focusing on, on that and the kids can do that too. Like what are, what are the things that I can control um, and really zoning in on that um, I think is quite powerful.
0: Yeah, absolutely. There's so many great resources and that's why I think it's it's just so important that our audience finds out more about you as well, Alice, and, uh, and grow your mind and what you girls have created there to, because it's not only you teach it at the schools, you actually have these great home kits and, and I've bought them, you know, for Clara and they're fantastic as resources and so I'd love the audience to know more about you where they can find you please mention your cute podcast because it's gorgeous
1: oh that's that's so kind do you know what it's so kind because um we're actually christina my amazing co-founder uh who's an acupuncturist as well and um she's a really incredible human with so many strengths and i like to think that i have certain strengths too Um, one of our strengths has never been in promoting what we do, and we're often told, come on, you've got to, you've got to let more people know about it. So it's such a great opportunity. Um, because we do have, we've invested a lot of time and energy into making really beautiful resources to make it easier for families and for schools. So, you know, we have our our home kit which is like a a treasure trove of um, different ways that you can look after your mental health and there's lots of little games and feeling cards and a beautiful flip to flourish with loads of invitations. Like there's lots of images with ways that you can take care of your mental health at home and at school. Um, And we have games, we've got a weeds and flowers game. Um, It's like snakes and ladders. I always laugh with parents saying, you know, if you want to teach your kids resilience, play snakes and ladders with your children and, and win and watch what happens as they go down the snake. And it's our kind of positive psychology take on that. So the weeds are, you know, not getting your way and having a tantrum or... Um, you know, being unkind because you feel angry and the flowers are all the sort of flourishing um, invitations around, you know, picking up rubbish, even though it's not yours, taking three deep breaths, even though you're angry, when you're angry. Um, so that gets you up the board, which is kind of cool. And it's a very playful game. Um, and then we also have, we're really proud of our podcast because the podcast is basically just all kids. It's all kids teaching other kids about their mental health. So there's, there's seven episodes and each episode has a different theme and the, the children in it are just so fantastic and engaging. They're year five and six kids and they talk about you know, compassion or being of benefit or hope because we know that hope is a really important thing to grow at the moment. It's like the perfect antidote to fear and anxiety. And the podcast we created because we're actually, um, we're, we're quite a proud B Corp. And so a B Corp, basically means that, you know, you have to meet quite high standards of verified social and emotional, social and environment rather, environmental performance. Um, so it's kind of a business that's, you know, force for good. So we're really proud of that. And one of our things is making our content as accessible as possible, which is why we made the podcast. So if you think about it, it's almost like a, your well being lesson done for you. So it means any teacher and any parent around the world can have access to Grow Your Mind. Um, And there's free colouring in sheets for each episode, which we've all been loving. In fact, even Bancho has been sitting and listening, um, even though the podcast is very much designed for primary school-age kids. He's been, I think because his brother and sister are listening, he's been sitting and and drawing and colouring in as well um, and laughing at a few of the jokes because the kids are just brilliant on it. So I would really encourage people to... to to find it it's on Spotify and iTunes and it's it's really delightful we're really proud of it actually
0: if we can teach our kids this kind of stuff and get to them at the ground roots level to give them these beautiful resilience mental health strategies you're just setting them up for a fantastic happier life so thank you for all of the work that you girls do we really appreciate it and thank you for your time this morning on the podcast
1: oh thank you so much Chelsea I have loved it
0: if you're enjoying EQ Minds Recharge Your Mental Health podcast, please don't forget to subscribe so you'll always know when there is a new episode. To continue on your calm journey, I really encourage you to download our free ebook to learn, grow, be inspired, and live a happier life. Simply go to eqminds.com. And if you're feeling in a good mood, please feel free to give us a five star rating and review, as that helps others find the podcast and that way we can impact people and other people's mental health and well-being. This podcast is for general information purposes only. It is not advice and it is not a substitute for seeking medical or healthcare professionals advice. Any use of the information contained in this podcast or show notes is at the user's own risk.